The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to this episode of Big News Coming Soon and I'm delighted to be joined by Fiona Morgan Coleman. Hello Fiona. Hi Alan, how are you? I'm very good, thank you for welcoming me into your home here in South Mayo. You're very welcome. Uh, you're not a Mayo lady? I'm not, I am from Nina, County Tipperary. And how did you end up here in South Mayo? <laughs> Long story. Love. Love, yes. So I um, was actually, would you believe it, at the time I was off running a half marathon and decided to go into a bar afterwards <laughs> because I had a bad knee. And I lost my friend who wasn't running on the same day. She decided that uh, she'd move my car in the middle of a marathon. So I was literally in the bar on my own for about an hour. And I met this group of lads that were on a stag. And I met the gentleman <laughs> amongst them. So yeah, David, um, that's how we met. And that's the story. I'm and the rest, is, the rest is history. The rest is history. Two small boys living in Shrule. And I actually love it here. It's great. Well, you're a great host because I walked into your house and I was greeted by a slate full of grapes, strawberries, there's pineapple, scones. I'm the biggest show off, aren't I? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's impressive now. And, and the slate then when I said, oh, the slate's impressive. You said, oh, that's our stone. <laughs> that is. That's our limestone. That's the limestone from the quarry. So my husband, David, is actually a quarry owner. Um, he does a lot of work, you know. If people need like soccer pitches or foundations for hotels or whatever, he free he, plug. He does all of that like a project manager. Excellent. Yeah, so it's great. He works hard. Bless him. Let's go back to the start. What age is Fiona Morgan Coleman, if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind at all. That's actually one thing I never mind talking about. I'm 45. 45. 
45, yeah. And uh, I know you're a content creator and you have a, a brilliant page and you do home and lifestyle and a bit of food and a bit of everything and you have candles and room sprays and makeup brushes and makeup <laughs> palettes and you have a bit of everything. I do. But before all that, you're also a member of Angarda Shikona. I am. So how it happened was I finished school, did my leave insert. I was mad into running and playing soccer at the time. Like I did athletics up until the age competitively until I was 19. So I'm going to be honest, the whole academic side of it wasn't really, you know, I wasn't uh, always studying, put it that way. I was more outdoors and did the leaving cert. And then I decided to repeat the leaving cert. So I repeated the leaving cert and then I went on to do a science degree and I did that in Galway. And then I majored like that in anatomy. And then after that, the professor in anatomy was like, Fiona, we have a job lined up for you up in Dublin. You can go and do whatever. And I was like, no. What were you going to be doing? So basically, when you do anatomy, you're um, dissecting cadavers like. So basically, I was going to go working in other university, showing the students basically what to do. You know what I mean? That was the job like, which is fantastic. Like, I loved it. I really loved it. I think the sport and the anatomy just was just a fabulous combination. So anyway, he literally looked at me that day and he said, you know what, that's one regret that I have is that I never traveled. Now, bear in mind, in my first year of college, I would have done the J1. I was over in America for the few months. Um, I, I liked travel, you know what I mean? It was always kind of, I just loved it. I suppose I started young and then it just got me like, you know, it gripped me. But so off I went to Australia for a year. I came back then, I started working in the sports shop. Um, I worked in the sports shop actually for 11 years while I was going to school and to college. So that was fine. Um, so after being in the sports shop, then I just didn't really settle. I just wanted to go back traveling again. So off I went again for a year and a half and I did loads of countries, South Africa. I did Australia, New Zealand for a year, Fiji, Bali, Cook Islands, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, loads. Anyways, after that, <laughs> I came back to Ireland and everybody had a job and everybody was buying houses. And I just felt, oh, my God, I actually need to get like a real job. You hadn't a pot to piss in. Exactly that. <laughs> and I suppose at the time I had a visa that had 3000 euros on it. And I actually thought that that was so much money that I had to pay it back. Like it was huge to me at the time. So I was just like, oh, my God, I need to get a job. But anyway, I went back playing soccer, we'll say. And I started working just like that as a waitress in one of the bars, just part time. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was full time. But until I got something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, more permanent. And then in the place I was working, there was a lot of guards passing through. So they were all like, Fiona, what are you up to? And what are you doing with yourself? So I used to tell them, they were like, why don't you join the guards? And literally a week later, public jobs um, advertised that they were looking for members. And I applied and I got it. So that was really how I started in the guards. So you didn't have a lifelong ambition to be a guard? Never. You're just ticking a box. You needed a job. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? To yeah. look at it like Not that. At all. No, I did in, though, but that was really it. But I think the fact that I suppose I was tall, so I was always slapped on the back by everybody saying you'd make a fine guard. <laughs> like yeah. such an Irish thing, like and and then I suppose from the sporting point of it as well, like you know. Um, but look, at I enjoyed the guards. Like that, it is a tough job, but I just think that you have to enjoy it and you really have to be good with people mm-hmm. and patient and all of those qualities that you need to be one, a member like, you so know. How so how long are you a member now? I am a member 16 years this year. Brilliant. Let's go right back. So to, to secondary school, um, you've good, you've good memories of secondary school. Did you enjoy Absolutely it? Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I actually love school. Were you in the cool gang? 
Not really, like. I'd say you were. I wasn't, though. Uh, you strike me as the leader of the cool gang. Oh, Jesus Christ, I wasn't. Honest to God, like, I I was just like, I mean, I suppose, okay, first of all, I was one of ten. So my parents had ten children. There was six girls, four boys. So I was always outgoing. We were always outdoors. You know, we grew up in a housing estate. We were always out playing. Were you and, a GAA house? Um, not so much GAA, no. Okay. Um, because like that, all the girls came before the boys. <laughs> so it was like... Where you know are you mean? in the pecking order? So I'm fourth. Fourth. So at the time, I suppose, our neighbour was... He was massive into soccer and getting the girls to go out and play soccer and all this, which was fantastic. So at the time... It was just brilliant. So we played soccer every day. And like that, we used to p- play with the lads as well. So it was great. So like that, even when I was 16, I was scouted by the FAI to go to America to play soccer. So I should actually be over there. <laughs> but like that, we had no money. And I don't mean to sound like we had no money, but we couldn't afford that. Like, I mean, God forbid if that happened to me, my parents, like one of 10. My father was a painter and decorator. But like that, he... He was so driven as well, like he became station officer of the fire brigade at home. He became a local councillor in the town. So it was later on that all of these, you know what I mean? Good things, I suppose, happened for him as well. And then there was, I suppose, more children and more flow of money. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And you know, when you say scouted by the FAI, times. then did, did you play for Ireland? I didn't play for Ireland, no. Um, but I just at the time they came down, I, I actually even forget what match it was. But I remember then being approached afterwards and the man calling to my house and I thought this was brilliant. I was like, ma'am, I could go to America. But ma'am was like, Fiona, if anything happens to you in America, like, how are we going to get you back? You know, you're leaving cert as well. Like they were saying, you know, the way back then they were like, oh, she can study here and she can finish her leaving cert and do this. But look at looking back, no real regrets. I mean, I think just sport was just such a massive part of my life anyway that it was just. You, you know, must have been unreal at soccer then. You know what? I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad. Brilliant. I loved it. Like I still, I even love it now. Like now, even when the kids are playing sport, when they're out in the field, I nearly feel like I'm out there with them. Does that make sense? I'm so into it that I'm like, oh. What age are they? So Callum is eight and Pierce is seven. And they're fabulous. They're so, and when I say fabulous, they just have great personalities, you know. And do they love that mum can play football? They do. So like even like that, like sometimes I'd be outside and I'd show them a few of the skill, but they're always like, "Mom, like that, do you play for Ireland, whatever. But <laughs> I would have always kind of like even with the guards, um, there was a fantastic sporting. Yeah, they, they encourage you to they play encourage a lot of you sports. To play, exactly. Yeah. So like that, I would have always went to do trials to represent Ireland out abroad. So like that, we used to go. With the guards. With the guards, yeah. Cool. Which is fantastic. It's nearly like, I swear, it's like a World Cup, the European police championships it's like being at a world cup the music everything is literally the same as in like when they're bringing all the players onto the pitch and stuff but it was futsal seven aside so i've been to italy a few times went to copenhagen i just had a fabulous time like my life has been so good you know mm. what i mean like from that perspective what was it like growing up in a house of 10 oh stop it honestly like even now the banter on the group chats with family is just so funny because we always bring up all the things that happened years ago. Did you kill each other? Killed each other, but love each other. We're a very tight family. Like, honestly, we were just, as a family, like, I really admire what my parents did for us. You know, that kind of way. Like, I mean, just always encouraged us as well to go on, even go to college and to study. And they never stopped us from doing anything. Like, it was just so amazing. Like, and... Even the crack like is in four girls in one room, four boys in another room, my parents in another room, three bedrooms, bear in mind. I mean, we only 
the fourth bedroom came, I think, like later on. But <laughs> we're all sharing, like, you know what I mean? But which is great, though. I just think as well, big families are just fantastic. You know what I mean? Like you just they could call you anything and you just take it with a pinch of salt. How many grandkids are in that house now then? Oh, my God. Jeepers. I think when I had Pierce, there was 16. I'm not even sure. Now. 16. There's definitely six, I'd say there's probably 17, 18. There's two, on, <laughs> there's two more on the way. Wow. My youngest sister, the youngest of 10, Sarah, is due her baby in September. And my brother Emmett, his partner, is due her baby as well around the same time. So two more <laughs> Morgans are coming. Like, it's great. God, that's a busy household. It is. But my parents, like, they're so young. Like, my, my, my dad is 72 this year. My mom is 71. And thank God they're as healthy as anything. Like, it's great. Excellent. Yeah, it's good. You were in the guards then for 16 years. Yeah. And did you enjoy it? Were you enjoying the job? I have to say I loved it. And a lot of it is like everything who you work with, who's your boss, how well you get on together, how well you gel. And I have to say my unit is just, I, I, I wouldn't even want to be on any other one. You know, it's really good. My sergeant is sound, just so nice. Like, and I just think when you have that, you know what I mean? That unity. Um, You're probably in the minority saying that though, in the job, to be fair. You know what? I hear you. I hear what you're saying. There yeah. is a lot of, but I, I also think that it's a job that people feel that they can't leave either. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's kind of like you're a guard. Like, how will I say I don't like this now that this isn't for me and I'm going to leave and Mm. resigning from the guards? What I would say to people is just do what makes you happy. And if you're in a job that's absolutely draining the life out of you and you're not fit for it mentally or physically, just leave it. Mm hmm. And just find something else that would suit you. Like, life is too short. I know, I know. But it's easy to say that when you have a couple... It's difficult when you have a mortgage and a couple of kids and a car loan. And Absolutely. The security that comes with the guards. It is, it is. And that's the thing. And mm. everybody's waiting for their pension, I suppose, in a way. like, But mm. people wait for their pension. And then a lot of people end up sick and they'll never see their pension either. Like, So you just have to... I'm just one of these people, like, if it's not... If it's not making you happy today, you just have to find something else that's going to make you happy. Like, honestly, um, but from... Were you just on the regular unit? I was on the regular, yeah. So yeah. I was out and about the whole time. Um, it's great, though. But like that, you have great stories as well and you meet great people. And, and it's not about arresting people. And like, I don't get enjoyment out of that. I don't get enjoyment out of having to do these things to individuals. Like, you know what I mean? For me, I suppose I'm nearly trying to help people. Like, I mean, there's... Young lads that I've met in Limerick Prison just passing through, like, you know what I mean? Dropping off all the prisoners and meeting them and asking them, oh my God, how are you getting on? And they'd be telling me like, oh, hopefully I'll be out soon. Like, and that's just, that's yeah, it. I, like, I, I just, everybody's not bad. I love that because my dad was a guard for 30 years and I was obsessed with him growing up, you know, and I oh. went everywhere with him and yeah. I was just like his little right-hand man, you know, but we'd be in town or whatever and, or you'd be driving along or you could be anywhere in, in, the west of Ireland. Yeah. And a man would come up talking to him and they'd be talking away and they'd be having the crack and then I'd say to dad, who is he? And dad would say, oh, I arrested him and he's just out of Castlery. There you go. And then you'd say, well, how did he come up talking to you? Yeah. And I always admired that about him that, now I'm sure there's plenty of people that hate him and there's plenty of people that, that begrudge doing him doing the job. But Absolutely. I always admired, that, oh, no matter where we went, he was always approached by these people who yeah. were... It's, they were criminals. Do you know they've broken the law at some stage? It mightn't have been yeah. serious or whatever. But he he seemed to have a lovely way about him that like that. He, he was d- approachable. He didn't, he didn't get a kick out of arresting no, them. No, like and he'd go out of his way to try and help them. That's exactly it. And I just think like that. I mean, 
just that's what I just loved about it. I really liked trying my best to help people. And, and if, uh, if somebody came in with a problem, I, I, I tried my best to solve it for yeah. them or help them. You know what I mean? And like that, you do have a job to do. There yeah. is boxes that you have to tick. I mean, you're getting paid at the end of the day. Yeah. Your superiors want to see what work is Fiona doing this week. You know what I mean? And that's just... And look, we're not here to talk about the guards, but I do I do feel that at the moment they're a bit under-resourced and that part of the job is gone now. They don't have the resources to be able to go out of their way to try and help people. I think so more. too. I just, I, there's, yeah. Definitely has to be looked at. It does. It definitely has to be looked at and just there needs to be more of them. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you can't have one person covering a big massive area it's not fair on anybody yeah know. and there's any amount of those stories and like we said we're not going we're not going to no, talk about the guards but, but still I just want to say that obviously loved the job up until unfortunately I got sick you know what I mean what but year like did that, you it, the job was never bad to me and in fact when I did become sick at the time it was very supportive you know what I mean which was great what year did you become sick so back in 2019 I was just literally scratching my chest in bed and have a little scratch for myself yeah and just found a lump at the tip of my breast and obviously I thought god it's just a bone maybe it's that just asked my husband David I was like what do you think he felt both sides he was like god Fiona goes this one does actually feel like a lump so I went to the doctor and then the doctor um put me forward to go to the clinic was said to get checked and I went I was there within was say two or three weeks was I nervous at the time? No, I 100% thought that I wasn't sick at all. You didn't feel unwell or anything? Not a bit. The only thing I would say to you was that I was extremely tired. But bear in mind, I have two tiny, I have two toddlers. I'm working night shifts. I would have put it down to that. And that's one thing I say, you have to be careful about what's tired and what's tired. You know what I mean? Sick, tired. So anyway, um... Went anyway to have the checkups, had the, the mammogram and the ultrasound. My mammogram actually came back clear because of my age, the tissue being dense. And then unfortunately, on the 8th of May 2019, I was told I had breast cancer. I literally was down in Limerick on my own thinking everything's great. I had a plan to go to Zara in the Crescent <laughs> to go shopping. And then I got that diagnosis. So I was just like, oh, God. You were there in the surgery on your own? Yeah. I uh, because my mammogram was clear I honestly thought that if this was just going to be something like a fibroadenoma or whatever I, 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 I just didn't think for one second I had breast cancer I, I would have thought I'd never had breast cancer I would have thought I'd never get cancer in my life I was always kind of fit healthy you know that, that kind of way I just thought no way like it's not going to get me you know that kind of way I suppose yeah. silly enough to think that but it doesn't discriminate so what happened that day then what was the first thing so I suppose the first thing I did was I rang my husband, I told him, and I suppose then I had to kind of think about, oh my God, what's what's after happening? You know, I was trying to grasp it really, but I suppose until you have that next meeting with the consultants, like you don't really know what's going to happen next. Is there any type of support there for you as soon as they tell you? Or is it just like... Just go home, Alan. That's being honest. And I don't mean that like in any disrespect to any of the hospitals, but they're not sending you into a room to get counselling straight away. No, it's not. You get that diagnosis. You go home, like, you know, that's it. You're out of there. Now, then I went back down. Is that, is that right, do you think? <sighs> do you know what? I People deal with thing, things differently. I suppose for me, comfort would be just to go home. You know what I mean? And talk about it with, you know, your husband or your family and 
do you know that kind of way I was very lucky that way you know what I mean I had a lot of people to share the news with though but um, there is obviously like um, support services there for people who need it you know what I mean like we'll say we'll say in the initial point of it is you just need to get your head around it after that once you've gone through treatment and all of that there is definitely things in place they will give you like you know counselling okay. like counsellors all of that kind of stuff therapy sessions if you need it I just didn't use them. I really and truly just got through it all, but say on my own, like, you know, with the help of obviously, mm-hmm. as in what I'm trying to say is that I, I suppose I did really do it on my own. Like, you know what I mean? I, I didn't need any. So you came home that day and you spoke to your husband. Told David, obviously it was awful. Um, but I don't know what it was. I just had this thing that just get the cancer out of my body and I'll be fine. Just get rid of it. You, you, weren't, know? So you weren't thinking the worst at this stage. I wasn't thinking I was going to die. I'll tell you, like, initially I didn't think that. But like I'm saying to you, you don't know what stage you're at until you go back to the consultants and they meet you and they have a plan in place. So they're going to look at your file, look your your x-rays, everything. And then they're saying, OK, this is the stage it's at. This is what we need to do. So for me, it was the... We'll say for for it it depends on d- different people's bodies. Do you understand? So like if I was positive for something else, they could have gave me maybe a tablet, a chemo tablet first to shrink the tumor, then operate. But for me, that wasn't the case because of whatever cells I had, that wasn't to be. So basically I had the mastectomy. I had a full mastectomy. It had spread to my lymph nodes. So I had stage three aggressive breast cancer. What's a mis- mis- mastectomy? Yeah. Is when to take your whole breast away. So I had the breast off and then for me, I had the auxiliary clearance as well. So that's underneath your arms. You have a load of lymph nodes. They all had to come out as well because they were all cancerous. They took out 22 and 17 of them were cancer. So it was it had spread bad at that stage. Now, when I say spread bad, there are still treatments out there to deal with all of this. So there after that, I had chemotherapy. So I had chemotherapy for a few months. Now, the chemotherapy is the hardest thing that anybody will ever go through. Like, that's just soul destroying. But you'll get through it. I spent many a day on this couch. Sorry. Take your time. I suppose in a way... Your whole life changes. Your whole life changes. Right in front of you. Right in front of you. Sorry for getting upset, guys. Not at all. I don't even know. I think it's the chair. I probably should have said somewhere else, Alan. No, because when I came into the sitting room, I, I figured that chair this was... Is the chair. I figured that was a yeah an important chair. And so this is the chair that I would have sat on every day that I went through. But you obviously got comfort from that chair. So much comfort. And I suppose in a way it was, right, what am I going to do to get through this? And honest to God, it was just a case that I'd be like, do you know what, Fiona, get up now and do a face makeup. So I had the table there and I'd be like, get on and do it. But sorry to rewind it. Okay. What re- what happened previous to this was that my friends were saying, Jesus, Fiona, you love fashion. Would you not think of doing something like Instagram is actually after becoming big? Like, like, why don't you go on and show us all of your style and stuff? Like, you love it. 
And I suppose at the time I was like, oh God, I don't think so. Like a guard on Instagram. <laughs> you know the way you'd be yeah. like, oh, you used to be careful really what you do and stuff. And then I was like, okay, so it was literally the day that I was diagnosed with the breast cancer was the day I put up my first video on Instagram. So that's how this all came about. So then I got the diagnosis. I was after putting up my first video and literally on the way home as well, I went, oh God, I'm after putting up a video on Instagram and now this is going to go horribly wrong because I'm not going to be able to post anymore on it. And then I I imagine having these thoughts after getting a cancer diagnosis. I said, yeah, you were Fiona. You haven't lost a limb. You have, your body is still here. You can, you can keep doing it and don't tell anybody. So I told obviously my close friends, my family, and I just kept the Instagram going. And then before I had the surgery, I came on my stories and I just said, um, guys, I'm, I'm getting ready to, for surgery. Like, and th- that's when the floods of people just came in and they're like, oh my God, Fiona, you were actually doing all of this while going through breast cancer. And I was just like, yeah, but I was like, honestly, I'm going to be fine. I just had this whole mindset. I was going to be fine. And that's when then going through the chemo, as tough as it was sitting on this chair, I had so much support from the followers on my Instagram to to keep going. And that honestly was my backbone, really. That's been honest. Like, like it got me through those dark, dark days. And I just felt like, oh, come on, I do makeup. But like, not a rib of hair in your head. And I was doing makeup. I was saying that even to the girls the other day. I was like, how the hell did you watch me <laughs> or follow me? Like, they were like, Fiona, would you stop it? But... I just learned how to do the makeup and that's where all of this kind of happened. Then I was like, oh my God. And I just, I suppose practice, you get a bit better. You know what I mean? So the content creation for me then was, was all while I was going through the breast cancer on top of helping everybody else get through it. That was just after getting a diagnosis, you know, and that's the most important thing for me is to help others. Yeah. And when you were going through the, the, the chemo and your really low days, it's the makeup that helped you and getting the and it getting is. dressed up that helped you. Absolutely. And you're so sick, Alan. You're chronically ill. For the first few days, you're fine because they're pumping you with a load of steroids. And three or four days after those steroids leave your body, you're fighting a chemo, a poison in your body that's killing every single cell, every good cell, every bad cell. And that's what chemo does. But you're just hoping then that all of the bad cells, like in my head, I was like, it's not going to kill me it's going to make me awfully sick but it's going to get rid of this I need this to go like you knew in your head that you were going to get better or I knew I was going to get better I could feel it I, I was planning stuff I was like when this when I get over the chemo I'm going to go and I'm going to do this like literally have something to look forward to and I think for for anybody that's going through just have something some little and then you've got smallies running around and you're like I need to be here for them and I never wanted the kids to know I was sick uh, I just didn't want to put that fear in them. Like Callum, I think, was um, was four at the time. And I, I he, when he saw me now, with the when I literally lost my hair, he definitely got frightened. He, and he, he often says it to me now, God, ma'am, you'd never, you'd never cut your hair that short again. Sure, you won't. And I, and I told him, I, I gave my hair to the children who needed it. And he, he understands that in his head, like, you know, and he was, and he's fine about it. But they never knew I was sick. I always dragged myself up out of the bed I always did something you know what I mean I never lay in bed all day ever ever unless I was really really sick and I just couldn't get up but it, I suppose for me maybe two hours even seemed like a long time you know that kind of way because I'm always so active 
It must have been difficult to go online and have a public profile, being a guard and being off sick. Did you know? Did it cross your mind that I, I don't know if I should be doing this or will I be pissing anyone off? Or you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. You're always going to piss somebody off. You know what I mean? Online, as in like when I'm online, there's always somebody that's going to not like it. For me, thank God, there was a couple of my superiors that knew that this was getting me through everything. You know what I mean? And and I, Instagram got me through all of this. And it's built an amazing page. I've met the best of friends from Instagram. Even you, Alan, like, you know, like how we become friends. Like, it's not mad. You're, you're, you're in touch online and then you meet these people in person and it's like you know them and you've been around them for so long. It's those connections, I suppose, are important. But look at work were fine obviously with me being on they they understand it completely they know that I'd be back and work in a heartbeat if I could but for me unfortunately I got the reoccurrence so that's another thing I don't want people who are going through treatment to lose hope that they're going to get a reoccurrence mine was a stage three aggressive like it was no shock to the consultants that I did get a reoccurrence they took out as much cancer out of my body that they possibly could but you're also you're always going to have um a cancer cell lying there dormant just ready to pounce again and that's the thing with cancer so for me I may have had cancer cells that were resistant to chemo that lay dormant and just reactivated again so literally Alan I finished treatment in 19 I got diagnosed so 2020 I felt great the local football team here were after setting up the mothers and others and I was on that and then they were like, well, actually, we're going to start a junior team. You might come and play with us, Fiona. So I was like, okay, <laughs> anything for a bit of sport. Yeah. Started playing the football and we were, I think it was our last game of the season and I never had reconstruction when I lost, when I had the mastectomy. I just didn't bother. I'm small chested anyway. I just thought I'm not going through more surgery to make a boob, whatever. It is what it is, you know. In fact, the surgeon did a fantastic job anyway on the surgery that the scar is as neat as a pin. So I didn't have that. And then um, I just decided to put my hand along the scar and I felt a little bump at the edge of it, at the tip of it. And I thought, Fiona, you're not to let this go. You felt it now. You think it wasn't there before. And like that, went back down to Limerick. Got it checked. They th- they were hoping that it was just a bone or scar tissue from the surgery. And in fairness, there's a doctor down in Limerick. She does the ultrasounds. I say she'd literally saved my life. She was like not happy to sign off that it was scar tissue. And she did tests on, we'll say the tissue on around my chest wall, like away from the area where it was. And no, sorry, apologies. It was cancer. The, the lump was cancerous, okay? But they got rid of that lump. And when they got rid of the lump, two centimetres around that area was free of cancer. There was no cancer in that area, imagine. And then it was this um, doctor that said, you know what, Fiona, I'm not happy to sign off that all of this tissue along your scar t- along your scar is is scar tissue. We're going to do, I'm going to check. She literally got the smallest needles in the hospital. She pulled out of different areas along my chest wall. And can you believe it? Those were positive for cancer. So I still had cancer, even though I had the second surgery, it came back. So at that stage, you understand, or you may not understand for anybody, is that when it leaves the site of where it is, then it's gone. It's kind of out of their control. 
unless I literally took, unless they took my chest wall off of my body, it still was never going to get rid of the cancer. So now, thank God, there's so many other treatments in place. So they started me on a treatment that came out in 2019, sort of like a hormone blocking treatment. So my cancer is driven by estrogen. They brought, so they have me on a tablet for that. And I'm also on, I get treatment every month in the hospital. I get an injection, two injections into the backside. And that is literally keeping me and keeping the cancer stable. This is a maintenance thing. It's never, I'll, I'll probably never put my hand up and say I'm cancer free, but I, they can maintain it. And I've had my 12 month scan, I think just around Christmas and in the 12 months, there's no sign of any tumours. So that's a massive thing for me. As long as there's no tumours and no growth, that's all I want. After that, we can deal with it, you know. Fantastic. <laughs> well, look, at it's, it is what it is. I, I honestly never think about it, Alan. That's being honest. I, and when I say I never think about it, that's probably like a silly thing to say because of Instagram. I'm reminded of it every single day, probably every hour. But on, I, I can deal with that. Do you know what I mean? I don't go, oh God, like I literally try and help as many people as I can get through their stages and try and encourage them. And the thing about it is that it doesn't matter what I say. It's the person, it's their, it's their bodies, what their bodies can um everybody's different I don't I don't sit here thinking everybody's going to be cured or be like me that's just not possible I wish it was but you know what I'm, you know yeah. what I'm saying one of the things I admire the most about you is that you're a great ambassador for breast cancer research and you're always tied up in different events and you're yeah. always very supportive of these different events but one thing that I always wonder about in the back of my head is those events must be terribly draining for you I suppose in a way when, when you say draining, I, well, I mean, I am tired. Like, no, no, mean? no. But the reason I say that is because, like, say, for instance, I would spend the weekend there um, on the Bumblebee with the Little Blue Heroes. Yes. So, you know, the, the Little Blue Heroes is the um, charity organization set up Fabulous. by Angarda Shikona yeah. for seriously sick children. And, you know, you, you spend the weekend talking to parents and talking to children and, and hearing the stories and... I'm sure when you go to these events, people are coming up to you telling you their stories. Absolutely. And, you know, you're driving home in the car then thinking about these stories then for the weekend. And you're like, you're, you're always at these events. Yeah. And you know, you're, you know, you really are a fantastic ambassador. And do you, do you find that difficult? Or You know what? It's not even that I find it difficult because I actually, uh, I think I am a real people's person. Do you know what I mean? I love just people. I love meeting nice people. You know what I mean? Genuinely nice people. And I just think that everybody... I suppose for me and going through what I did that if I see a person there and they want to talk to me, I'm 100% going to give them 100% of my time. So you are right. I will give them the 100% of the time, but I do find that after events, you're right. A couple of days, I'm definitely wiped. Like, Do you give yourself that time to recover? I honestly do. I think even Good. more so this year than any other year. I think with the reoccurrence, I have to just bear in mind that no matter what I do, I still have cancer like and I'm still fighting a battle like everybody else. So I, I have to mind myself. And it was only recently, actually, I was at an event back in the lodge at Ashford. Absolutely fabulous like that for breast cancer research. And one lady there, she's a retired nurse. And she said to me, she goes, Fiona, you look so well. You look so much better this year than you did last year. It's the first thing I said to you when I came into Yeah, you did actually. Yeah. And I'm there going, all right, thanks, Alan. Yeah, up two and a half stone. Great. Yeah. Mm, who had all well, the you pies? Would, you, wouldn't see it, you wouldn't see it on you because you're <laughs> so tall. All the pies. Not at all. <laughs> you had it to put on. 
Exactly. Uh, listen, do you know what? I, I kind of go on like that as well about the whole weight thing, but I, I don't mind it at all. I, once I feel good. Now, the only thing is that they always say as well, when you've got cancer, like try not to gain too much weight, try and stay active and all the rest. Mm. But like, I have to say, I am really good. I can be bad at times with the sugar and stuff, but I just think a healthy, balanced diet, just get all the greens, greens, greens into your body, you know, and just the good stuff, the turmeric and, you know, the fruits and you have to be realistic. We all know what healthy is and what's not. And you just try and do as best you can, you know, with it. Yeah. And I think we have to acknowledge how impressive it is that you can go to these events and you can talk to people and you are putting yourself out there to help as many people as possible. Because, again, just using that as an example, it only happened two or three weeks ago, but I, I was on the Bumblebee and... So it's my job to go around and to, to meet the kids and to talk to the families and the parents and to, to promote the charity. I'm not there yeah. to promote the cars or, uh, you know, the towns. I'm there solely to bring awareness to the charity. I'm the yeah. only person really on the, the event that does it. But to be honest with you, on the Sunday evening when I got home, so we left Thursday night, you're buzzing. You're going to Kildare, you know, you're getting in the car, you're getting up Saturday morning, you're buzzing, you're buzzing, you're buzzing. But on Sunday evening when I got home, I was like genuinely really upset. Yeah, you I, would be the one. When I got home, with that one. I was on my own. I got home, the car was back, and I was just there on my own. And then you had time to think about these lovely children that you connected with over yeah. the weekend. And I got really, really upset. You know, when yeah. I needed the Monday, I didn't answer the phone to anyone on the yeah, Monday. You would, you'd I wasn't just, able to. Yeah, you'd be exhausted from it all. And I don't have any of these illnesses that I'm aware of at the moment. I know, but you, they're so I'm all thinking, in front of you. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, how does somebody like you deal with that? I suppose, I think for me, I literally just feel so well that I don't even think about my own situation. I'm more focused on everybody. Do you know other people's are, yeah. I literally just take it away from me. Does that make sense? Like, as in, if, like, honest to God, like, if you saw my messages today, somebody is messaging me that are going through cancer of some sort every single day. But I just try, I'll often even say, I'm so sorry, I'm doing whatever at the moment, I'll definitely get back to you, you know, because... In fairness, all they want is a little bit of light and, mm. and people need that light, you know what I mean? So even when I come on my stories, I I don't talk about, like there's a lot of people that even start following me that go, oh my God, I never even realised you had cancer because yeah. I don't come on and talk about it like every day, but uh, behind the scenes, you know what I mean? I, I do, I message a lot of people like and a lot of people message me, but, and it's sad because a lot of people that you're messaging are dying and have died you know what I mean? I got a message yesterday from a lady who said, Fiona, one of your first followers, um, she followed you a lot. She passed away. I didn't even know about that, but I went back into the messages and that made me sad. Like I did cry last night when I went back in and saw the messages that she was sending me or we had and she passed away at the weekend and I just thought it's so unfair. And then I'm, and then I sometimes I get a bit worried and I go, because obviously you're going to think, oh my God, am I next? Or is this all too good to be true that I'm feeling so well? And then I actually have to literally switch. I switch from the negative back to my positive and go, Fiona, you feel well right now. You're going nowhere. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's how I do it. And I'm so delighted that my mindset is so good to, to be able to do that. That's great you know? advice, yeah. And it's it's interesting that your mindset is so positive when you're on social media because it can be a very negative place and it can bring you down in the best of days without having to deal with an illness. It can. And the only thing I will say, and this is just to everybody that's on Instagram that has a fabulous page, you're always going to have 
the jealous, begrudging people that are going to comment and that are going to write absolute lies about you, but you cannot read it. Just stop it. Just block, erase, get away from it. Because I was actually even talking to a girl last weekend at an event and she was telling me about the trolling she was getting and all the rest. And I'm like, would you stop it? I'm getting plenty of it too, but it's lies. And I was like, you have to stop reading it. And I actually asked her, would she make me a promise that day never to read that horrible stuff about herself again? And she actually said, I, I'm actually going to do it, Fiona. I'm not going to. I was like, stop going back to those places, those places where they get a kick out of writing about you. Like, it's not nice. Mm. And people shouldn't be reading it. I've always used Instagram as my positive. And the day that it becomes my negative will be the day that I'll give it up. And I, I, I honestly don't see that happening because, Alan, I'm not just saying this, but my followers are absolutely 100%. And I wouldn't even consider myself having a big following. Like, I think it's 43,000 or something, but it's like there's so much love in my followers and encouragement. Anything that I've even brought out. I started off with the notebook, okay? I started off with a notebook, the little things. It was on this chair. <laughs> I'm not going to cry again, I promise. <laughs> it was on this chair that I thought of all of the positive quotes for this notebook. And I used to be thinking about it and writing them down. And Alan, I'm not going to tell you a word of a lie. I don't even have one of those notebooks for myself. Because a lady got on to me a few months ago and said, Fiona, my mother absolutely loved that notebook. Would you have a spare? And I literally gave her my own one. Like I was like, this this would be, I'll be happier if I give this to this person, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. The notebook was a complete and utter sellout. I actually need to bring back in one of those, now, <laughs> a little reminder. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Because I actually, I meant to do it. I just didn't get around to it. And then I brought out the Little Things Candle Collection and the room sprays and the makeup brushes and the palette, the collaboration with Carter Beauty. Just everything was just absolutely amazing. And it's brought me so much joy as well. And it's just it's given me that lovely lift and that drive to just keep going there's there's something absolutely fantastic about your original followers isn't there oh the original ones are the best the ones from the start yeah like there's so much even I find maybe you might find this as well Alan like there's so much panic now because Instagram is after shifting now everybody's like algorithm mad real mad they're doing stuff and they don't even know what they're at and that's been honest and I've seen a few people they're gone from one thing to the other and you're like what are you doing Mm. and it's nearly like a panic shift oh I, I need to do this now because this is in trend or I need to do stop and take a breather Stop trying so hard. Stop trying so hard. Just be yourself. Be, I can't be anybody but myself and you can't either. And at the end of the day, you are who you are. And that's why I always tell people, you being Alan Clark is your superpower and that's it. Like that is it. And that's for me is mine. And everybody brings something different and we can't all keep racing after each other, trying to keep up like with everybody else. Just relax and enjoy it. It's your page not supposed to it's not a rat race and even though big companies are going after they think people with a hundred thousand followers just for that i mean that look at they'll find you they will find you somebody's going to find you and you know you get it yeah i do get it yeah and i I think the more followers the more followers you get the worst things get oh god in in my opinion okay i'm going to keep it now like more followers (laughs) yeah i you know i'm it's great that I have you've an as amazing as, as page as I have but back in the days when I had 20,000 followers yeah 
I got no negative messages. There you go. Do you know, like, I, sure. it's, it was fantastic. You were brilliant and everything was mighty. No begrudgers then, though. No begrudgers. And I think when you start doing well and you start putting yourself out there and you start a business and you might win a, a, an award, like, I, I ripped the piss out of this Gossy Award, right? Because I didn't know what it was. I was nominated for it, hadn't a clue what it was, went up to Dublin, won it and came home. And I knock great crack out of it. Of course. That's all it is, is yeah. a bit of crack. I That's don't think it. that, oh, Jesus, I'm fecking great. I wanted that. Like at the end of the day, it was great to be acknowledged. Absolutely. It was great to win. It was great to come home. But I have definitely found in the recent weeks and months, um, you look like you're doing well online, but you're not. You know, you know yeah. the crack. You know, it's, yeah. it's Instagram versus reality. But then you very quickly find out who your friends are. 100%. You very quickly find out who is, you know, who's who's glad you won that or who's glad you've set up a business or who's who's willing to support you. Yeah. And you don't belong finding out, sure Jesus, you don't. you don't. And you're going to get kicked. You're going to get kicked so hard. You're going to get disappointed. And this is all of the stuff that comes with it. And, it's, and it can be hard, Alan. Uh, and... And I'd only say that to you, like, I don't yeah. know, let's we'll say your life outside of sort of Instagram, like we've met maybe a couple of times, you know, yeah. we've connected, we've gelled, you know, we got on great when we did meet, but nobody knows, as you say, what's going on behind closed doors and how people are feeling. And I just think with a lot of content creators, like, just be gentle with these people because it's not nice to talk such negative or to try and tear people down, like really and truly, if we were in America, Alan, if you were in America, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You You've got you found your like it's all encourage, encourage, encourage. And the thing about Ireland, unfortunately, is that the better you do, the more people you're going to have attacking you are trying to rip you apart for that. And you're like, are you actually serious? That's, I work so hard for this. That's another good point is I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but at the start of lockdown, there was great encouragement. And everyone was oh, like, yeah. I'll share you. And, and it wasn't a case of, it wasn't a case of like, me and you became friends on, on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know who slid into whose DMs or who was talking to who, but I'd share this and you'd share that. Yeah. And it was never, will you share this for me? No. You, you gladly did it. Yes. You gladly, so you know, right. you'd send me a candle and I'd put it up and I'd say yeah. the best of luck with your candle. And it wasn't a case of, uh, please do this for me. Please no. give me a leg up. Yeah. And now no one's sharing anything. I just, I thought about that the other day because I really and truly, now it was only a girl said it to me the other day. She was like, Fiona, you're so good with small businesses and you have really given so many people, you know, like a shout out and stuff. I would do that naturally, as you say, you know what I mean? I would, I just think with the whole way things have changed, not more so like in a bad way, but now it's nearly like kind of nearly becomes competitive then like you know what I mean and yeah. the thing about it is that what is the harm in sharing pages and saying give this person a follow or yeah. helping people out I mean I am more than happy to do it thank God and if I think about it Alan I'll just automatically do it you know but then I suppose as you say it must be very hard to do that when you've over 100,000 followers like it must be impossible with the amount of messages like I can I'm very busy with the followers that I have at the moment, like, I mean, flat out, mm-hmm. you know, I, so. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm struggling with the whole Instagram thing lately. I'm struggling to go on my stories and, and talk. I I used to be on every day, you know, yeah. chatting away. And here I am now. I'm in town or I'm washing the dog or I'm doing this, that and the other. And lately I find it very difficult. I find and it very hard to go it, on. And do you think that's because of what has been going on sort of with the, the messages you've been receiving like or it's not even that I receive that many uh, negative messages 
you, you get the odd one and I don't give them an awful lot of thought to be honest don't I think it's it's a few things I don't know if I'm too sensitive for it you know I think I might be a bit too sensitive for it yeah I was a mighty bit of stuff at the start and I was meditic stuff at the start but I think when you're when you're let down by some of the people closest to you. See, this is this this is the problem. It's yeah. and you get that kick in the balls. Yeah, it's not. And nice. then you get another kick in the balls and another yeah. kick in the balls. It's very hard to come back from. And I'm finding it very hard to come back from a couple of kicks in the balls that I've got this year. And you know I have to address it at some stage on my page because every day of the week I will get ten somewhere between five and ten messages saying, What's going on? Where have you gone? Okay. Every day. Right. And I have to come on at some stage and say, do you know what? This year didn't go to plan. Yeah. Um, I'm finding it difficult. Yeah. But then the first message you'll get is stop feeling sorry for yourself and just get on with it. Yeah, but you're going to have to ignore that, Alan, because this is you now, right? And yeah. And this is how you're feeling. So you're going to have to literally say, this is how I'm feeling and it doesn't matter. It's none of your business what older people think. Yeah. Honest to God, you'll have to get that out of your headspace and until you do it won't you know what I mean like Alan your page is unbelievable even one of the lads on my oh. unit is like Alan Clark is a legend like he <laughs> loves you no I'm serious Thank though you, yeah. he actually does there's a man following me yeah that's weird Pat, if he listens to his podcast now he'd be like oh my gosh Mo- most husbands and boyfriends oh ha- my hate God, my guts they hate me not <laughs> at all would you stop it okay yeah they're just, uh, yeah they're like oh my god right. I follow you she's yeah. dead stop it you are and what you what you what you do now is you just work on maybe a little bit of time out is not so bad to work on yourself and just find what where am I going yeah get the right headspace together and come back on honest to god and I'm being honest with you I suppose you know when people don't really know you like as you say Instagram like even for me like as in even with David like David had a business fantastic owned the quarry Ended up having to go to Australia. You know what I mean? When things went to shit back home. Yeah. And then when he came back from Australia, then a lot of different things came upon us that weren't nice. Like, put it this way, our opposition literally tried to shut us down. They did everything in their power to do it. We had, there was so much going on that we had to just change the whole dynamics of the business. And what I'm trying to say to you is that that did not come easy. It really didn't Mm -hmm. to get rid of people, to bring on new things. And I can honestly say that it brought out this strength in the two of us that like what I'm trying to say to you now, don't let anybody bring you down to that level or try to do it to you. They will try their best to. But I honestly think that honest, genuine, hardworking people will always rise above it. Like, yeah. And I think for us, we've been through a lot. You know, my illness brought on that extra little bit of, I suppose, at the time then, think about it you're nearly at rock bottom and then you find out that your wife has got cancer how uh, how much further down can you actually go yeah only to come up Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes you really do have to hit rock bottom and that's why i say to you you're always going to have begrudgery and jealousy out there but i honestly think that what you give out you get back and we're very lucky to be in a position now we're going forward we can put it literally behind us and i think for you to do that too yeah I spoke about this with David Cuddy a few weeks ago on a podcast and when Mary one two three four slides into my DMs and calls me a sickening bastard I don't care but when somebody you considered in your circle Mm. 
when you find out, hang on now a second, he's, he's actually not in my circle. Yeah. Or you find out that they didn't support you with something or th- that's And these were probably hard, people, like, Alan, that you supported. Like as in, you know what I mean? Before yeah, that. Yeah. That's what, that's probably right. Like what can be the most hurtful part. You've probably been looking after these people in a way and being nice and being yourself and being genuine and giving. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's terrible in a way because even that's the same as my husband, David. He's such a giver. He give, 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 try to do everything. And I'm in the background going, oh, my God, like these people would be taken advantage of, you know, in yeah. that sense. And I'm like, no, like literally now, if anybody asks me for anything, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like you just have to be like, think about it even like. And, and I always say, you don't have to say no. You can sit down and think about things as well. But just for you, like that's what it, it must have been hurtful to, to, to read the comments that you read and to know that there's people out there doing that. But like I keep telling you, it comes from a, a place from them. It's not you. Yeah, no, the comments Don't are... Take I can deal with the comments. I can deal with the comments. It's it, This year has just been a kick in the balls from people in my circle. Yeah. And... The and cir- guess what? The they, circle they don't has belong got in the circle. Smaller and smaller Good. and smaller and smaller. You don't need it. I know you don't. But at but the same it's time... it's not nice. You've invested a lot of time yeah. and energy in them. You have, but guess what you do now? Yeah. Is that you let them out of your circle and you're going to meet people now that you're not going to be as giving to. <laughs> and then if they stick around, they're your circle. Yeah. Does that make sense? Very good. Yeah. yeah. That is the way it is. Just let them out of it. You're going to meet new people. You're not going to give as much as Alan to them. And I guarantee you, it'll work in your favor. And those people will stick around like even there's so many people that I've met later on in my life that I would consider my friends yeah. than some of the people that I had from school that I thought, oh, these are all my friends. Does that make sense? Yeah. And people change and life changes for people as well. Some of your friends have children, some don't. Some move on and do this and whatever. But the thing is, like I keep telling you, just strip it back. You know who you are. Go back to basics. Go back to basics. You know who you are. And what you can give to people and how this all started for you. Yeah. And you're going to meet a lot of blips and bumps in the road. But, you know, it'll, it'll work out. Keep her late, as I say. Keep her late. <laughs> <laughs> but it all works out and we don't want to get too heavy. On no, we won't. Stuff either, you, but just... you know what I mean? But it's life, lads. And this yeah. is it. And there's going to be people that are listening to this podcast going, oh, my God, that's that happened to me. Or this is going on at the moment. Or business is a bit you know tough at the moment and what am I going to do to get out of it trust me just whatever you believe in keep going just keep it going and it'll all work out B&B Homes make your dream home a reality we do it all from start to finish your one stop shop to becoming a homeowner log on to brbhomes.ie so let's go back to when David went to Australia yeah he had to go out there working had to go out there working. Had you smallies here at the time? No. There so were before the, there was oh. no smallies at the time. How and long were you together then at this stage? We were together since 2010 and David went in 12. In actually the end of 11, 12. Oh, so it was fairly new. It was very new. So like that, I used to work every single shift job that I could possibly to get over and back to Australia while he was over there. Were you living here? In I was living in this house. I was left here. Me so and the dog. A new, new relationship. New relationship, yeah. You move up to his turf. Yep. He fucks off to Australia. Absolutely. You're left here on his turf. Yep. With and a dog. What kind of support network had you around here? His parents. 
who were amazing. Oh, well, that's nice. I d- oh, didn't want to ask, but I'm glad oh, you no, said no, it. No, 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 David's because parents <laughs> were absolutely fantastic. So I had the parents, myself and the dog, my chocolate Labrador, Tia, used to go back to his parents. I never slept here on my own. Just, I just, I think being from the town, growing up in a house of what that was busy, Literally in the country, I was like, oh God, no thanks. Sometimes so, the silence of a country can be scary. Oh, so I could hear the boards creaking and I was like, oh, there's nobody coming into the house. <laughs> and look at me, look the brave guard like. <laughs> but I think I, saw, I just saw too much at work for me to relax. Oh my God. Yeah, so his parents were fantastic. Um, How yeah, long so was he in Australia for? He was there up until 2015. You're great with dates. I wouldn't yeah, be able well, to just remember years, you see, because like I remember I had Callum in fourteen, and I came out of Australia, and then David stayed there and came home. So Callum was conceived in Australia. Callum was actually conceived in January when we were home for Christmas. Oh, in Ireland. Yeah. The funny part about this, that, <laughs> the funny part about all of this that I was in Australia, like literally, like in the sun in the bikinis for I don't know how long, and next minute we come back to Ireland, the freezing cold, <laughs> conceived. <laughs> conceiving you had to stay you had to stay warm yeah yeah in january upstairs (laughs) (laughs) but you know what that's the gas thing like i i actually remember when i did like it's just so funny i suppose i was kind of keeping tabs on it at the time but yeah it was in it was in and look at i didn't know exactly that i was pregnant but when i went back to australia it was so funny we were staying in um um just this little apartment at the time until we moved into another place and i remember going jesus i'm awful tired you know, sleeping the whole time, like, you know, and I'd be sleeping like at seven o'clock in the evening. I was pure wrecked. I thought jet lag. No, I was expecting Callum. So at six months, then we came home. We went back to Dubai. We got engaged, came back then. And then Callum was born then in October. And then David just stayed over there, like kind of um, going over and coming home. And yeah, so that was the Australia. That was challenging now. Oh, my God. When I say challenge, look, look, we have about 50 million stories about Australia. I could actually write. Yeah. Right, book on that alone very challenging in there must fact, have been times where you said feck this absolutely like I mean some this of the jobs not... that he took on uh, put it this way you know when you meet a few dodgy people we met a, we met a few dodgies yeah. but then we met this person who was just we were like this is just too good to be true who actually paid for the jobs that were done on time and was just so good that way you know what I mean and that part that person probably didn't have much oh my god it's like, the people that have oh it. my god look at like I told you the dodginess of it <laughs> next level like they should be locked up but yeah. look, maybe in time they might be but honest to god now we we really met we met some strange people while we were away as well you know just and absolute corruption like you know that kind of way but at the same time, it taught us a lot in business. Mm. And, you know, I suppose now we sit down and we chat about these stories and say, will you ever forget the time when your man tried to rob your digger and he was out in the middle of the... I'm serious now. He was out in the outback with a digger on the back of a truck. He was taking my husband's digger. And we were like, oh my God. And it was only for one of the workers from the north of Ireland spotted the digger <laughs> <laughs> on the motorway going up the road. And what rang, happened? He, he rang, rang David. David. And he's like, David, I just have to spot in your digger there. It's on the back of a truck. It's heading for... And he went, go after it. And literally down in the back of nowhere, your man tried to steal the digger. No way. I swear. But you're late, look at Australia, the outback. It's, it's massive. Like, I mean, what would they do? Probably scrape off a number and there you have a digger. But your man went in. Um, he literally locked it up, went in and got it out. 
Like, but stories like that that are going to be amazing to tell your children in the future. Like, that's the only good yeah. thing about it. It's just like we laugh, we kind of giggle about these things. And I'm going, can you believe that this all happened? Do you know what I mean? And, but you know what though, Australia was. It was a learning curve for us, but it was still good to us for a finish. Do you know what I mean? It was nice and no like that. We went back there in January for a holiday and we had the most amazing time. And we plan on going over and back a good bit now, in fairness. It must have been lovely to go back in January and not be working and not be stressed and not worry about having to leave on your own and him stay there. Was that, was that the first time you had a holiday in January where the two of you were there enjoying it together? Oh, my God. Yeah. It must have been a totally different experience. It was, but I forgot to tell you that I took a year out of work. I took a career break when David was over there and I went over there for the year. And and then the guards weren't really giving out career breaks. Yeah. But I just managed um, at the time. I think it just came at a good time. I did go over there for the year. So I was literally there with David going all around Australia while he was on and off different jobs. So like that, that was just the most amazing thing. I suppose this time we went there on a holiday Family with holiday. the children yeah. who were like eight and six <laughs> and they just absolutely loved it. I swear, Alan, like even for the week they came back, like I took them out of school for the couple of weeks, obviously, but when they went back, the teacher spent the whole week just going through all the photos and all the animals and all the wildlife and, oh, listen, it was just, it was absolutely amazing yeah. and just it's a quieter time for David even at home here in the quarry. Like, you know, January wouldn't be the busiest, thank God. So he was able to just relax. I just saw a different man, like, you know, because he's always working hard. You saw it earlier when he popped in, like he's yeah. always on the go. Like That's tough going now that he had to pick up his life and move to Australia. And he's, he's lucky to have you. He's lucky <laughs> well, you were still here when he came back. That. <laughs> I know. Stop it. But look, at like that then came back to Ireland. And I suppose at the time he was leasing the quarry. And then he was like, I have to buy the quarry, Fiona. And sure, that came with, <laughs> with a few more blips. Um, he was buying it off his he family? Was, no, he no. He's, he own, he was the owner of the quarry. Would say he wasn't buying it off his family. He was buying it off the owners. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So he went to buy it. And a uh, couple of little people tried to get in behind him after him paying certain amount for it and tried to take the sale of the quarry off him yeah like imagine working all your life for this and then this to happen but you know in fairness though Alan I always think like some people think they're very powerful when they've got money yeah but as I always say sometimes it's when things go to court and you have a judge there and he can see through a lot of things that are going on thankfully you know for David he had paid so much on that um and the judge was like, there's no way that this is going to be taken from him, whatever. But look, that's another story, as in, that's I don't really get into it. But it's just one of those things that it was just another, as you say, kick, you know, to get. And yeah. there was a lot of things going on at the time with it. And I suppose we just had to figure a lot of things out. We had to change everything, like down to everything. Just start afresh, myself and David. And thankfully, we got to that stage and... Now everything is going great. But at the time, you would actually feel like putting your hands up and giving up. Like you just, wow. you know, but look at, we got through it and I'm delighted. John, you're, I'm, you're I'm happy for him as well. You're really proud of this quarry. Well, you know what? It's David's life. You know, he, he, he actually, it's his life. Like he just loves it. He loves the stone. He loves, you know, doing what he does like that. I mean, he 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 does all the foundation work for a lot of businesses, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's his life. And the thing about it is that 
at the time people were trying to take that from us and that was like I told you it was the most stressful time of my life and when you say trying to take it from you it was just purely a financial thing it wasn't a personal thing like it wasn't it was just it was I'm not asking you for details no, but I'm just no, saying no, but they, they, they tried they wanted it he had a quarry mm-hmm. but he was leasing this other quarry and then he was buying this quarry and had paid you know like half of it he's buying the quarry that he had worked that so he had hard worked so hard for yeah like when i say leasing it, he's he's working on it he he is leasing it but then he went to buy it and then oppositional people came in and tried to swipe it from under but him this is such a familiar story in rural ireland where you'd hear of a man leasing a plot of land 100 acres yeah. for 20 years he's completely uh, uh renovated the 100 acres he's made this fantastic farm and then it goes up for public auction and your man has to bid the same as everybody else bids. Yeah. So, you know, there's, people are very, eating bread is soon forgotten, isn't it? Absolutely. And like I told you, it was, look at, that just comes with, as I always say, people in business. And for us, it was, we knew where all of this was coming from, Alan. And as much as you say, oh, it was a financial thing, a pers- of course you're going to take it personally. These are people who know that this is your livelihood. They're trying to take it from you. Yeah. They're leaving you literally with nothing. Where do you think that, what did they think was going to happen if if we did not have that? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's our bread and butter. That's his bread and butter. And that's something he worked on all his life. But like I told you, um, David won the battle. You know what I mean? And that's just the main thing. But at the same time, we work very well together. We're very strong-minded. And we're very honest and that's being honest like <laughs> that's being honest I just think the honesty and integrity you know, people think you know you'll have people that are bullies and they'll think I'll I'll get this I have enough money to destroy this I'll do this I'll do that no you won't actually because when you're sitting in front of a judge the judge knows what's right and what's wrong thankfully for us we bought it we kept it and we're just happy now working away and just doing our own thing and I think that's the, the part I find the, the most difficult about business is that you have to be a little bit of a bollocks. <laughs> Don't, there has to be that little bit of bollocks oh, in you. Oh, you have to, like, you have to, to stand be up able for to yourself. put up with it. Yeah. Absolutely, like. And I, I probably find that the hardest, where as I, for a long, all my life, I'd be like, ah, yeah, sure, grand. Oh, oh sure, go it's on. It's the sure grand that's going to get you in trouble. Oh, I know. Like, unless you, you stand up for yourself. And know your values. And know your values. And know that what this person is doing is actually 100% wrong. Yeah. And just believe in that. But the only thing about it is it's exhausting, Alan. It's ex- It was exhausting trying to figure out what we were going to do next, where we were going to go with it. But I always often said to my husband, what stops people in Ireland from naming and shaming these people that are trying to do all of these things to you? We're very much, oh, oh, say nothing. Can't say anything. Don't say anything. Sure, sure. I mean, we're going to hurt this person. I'm over that. Mm -hmm. I honestly can tell you now, the next person that tries to do anything to me, I am going to come on and talk about it. I've, I've said this. You cannot get away with that stuff. It's not right. And for anybody out there that's listening that has a business and people are actually treating them wrong, talk about it. Do something. Make it stop. It's not right though, Alan. Sure it's not. No, it's not. People have small businesses trying to get on and then you have these big fish trying to take it off you. Like, are you actually serious? There's enough for everybody. Mm -hmm. And just mind your business, basically, and let people get on with their lives, you know? Uh, that must have been difficult when you're 
so this was all happening before you got ill. This was all sort of happening before I got ill. There was a lot of change. There was just things weren't. Things weren't adding up and things weren't going well, I suppose, with the business. And I and like that, it's just, I suppose, when my illness came along as well, it kind of made time for these people to come down harder on us because oh, we have a distraction now, you see. Yeah. But no, Fiona wasn't letting that distraction. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Fiona and David weren't going to let allow it like. So look, at like I say, it was tough. I don't want to go back there. We'll never have to go back there because like I tell you, you, you change the dynamics and you take all of the people out of the circle mm-hmm. and then you'll get on. Let's go back to your fashion then. The The page started then for fashion. It started yes. for your clothes. It, Was start, that... it started for clothes because I I suppose I just, I never would have even seen myself as a fashionista growing up. And bear in mind, like I'm playing sport, like, so I'm tracksuit, tracksuit. I'm working in a sport shop. I'm like the girl with that's wearing all the, the rugby jerseys and all of the Man United jerseys. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was never really, I think, I think it was when I hit 30. 30, honestly, that I was like, oh, actually, dresses are quite nice. You know, to wear. And that's when I sort of got into it. And then I suppose I was in college in Gaul when you always had the Galway races and different things. So I started kind of going to the Galway races. And I suppose I was there in, I forget the year now, but I think, you know, when you start getting picked as the, the top 10 or I won one of the Tuesday evenings at the Galway races, that event. And I suppose then, you know, you're seen as the person to dress up like, you know yeah. what I mean? So I, I just love fashion. I, I just love nice things, really. Like it, it's not just fashion. It's a lot of things. You know what I mean? What's it, what's it, what does that feel like winning the best dressed then on a Tuesday evening? Okay, so you're going to laugh when I tell you this. So the evening that I won, I was outside. There was some photographer taking pictures and he just said, come over here, I'll take your photo. Sorry, I'm away from that. I don't. You keep you, you keep, keep going. You keep going here. around the microphone on me. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, um, and he was just like, "I'll take your photo," and I was like, "Okay," and I was out there and I was just chatting away to everybody, like purely chilled out. Like I never thought of winning best, getting picked to to win or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, "Okay," and um, then these women were calling me like Fiona you need to come in you need to come in they're picking the best dressed and I was just like all right okay calm down (laughs) (laughs) but obviously the person that was coming out to tell me to come in knew that I was going to be picked and I was just like great so yeah I won the best dress on the Tuesday of the races and it was just it's actually fabulous and I mean that when I say fabulous it's the excitement of the table that you're at everybody's like oh my god you won best dress then it's all the interviews afterwards so you literally go to the races and you've all of these like people coming over to you looking for an interview and I was just like oh my god and when I look back at those videos now I cringe but look at that's all part and parcel and who who were you wearing then on the Tuesday evening on the Tuesday I was wearing a dress from Harper so Harper in Galway Martina owns the store she's just like my go-to for weddings for everything really definitely for the races shout out to Harper shout out to Harper (laughs) because she's just fabulous and she's just a lovely person and like that I'm even thinking Tuesday is the the launch of the Galway races in Galway and they're going oh my god I have to run into Martina to get something yeah, to wear yeah this countdown is on five weeks now oh my now. god yeah. and look you know what I'm actually really looking forward to it. I just think Galway races you can't beat the atmosphere 
So yeah, and that's really where the whole fashion thing came in. And then I suppose... And t- before we go on, did you yeah. have a hat that on the Tuesday? Oh, I did. Oh, my hat, Crevation Designs, Magella, another absolute sweetheart. And tell me, wh- I saw you somewhere. Was it in Ballon Robe? You had a hat. It was like a satellite dish on the side that of your head. That was it. Yeah, Magella made that up for me. That was, from a Zara- <laughs> that was from a Zara dress. I bought a beautiful dress in Zara when I was over in Dubai um, last year with my sister. And I was literally at my mother's 70th birthday and I don't know what happened, but the whole thing just started falling apart. I was like, <laughs> okay, buttons coming out here, whatever. And I was just like, these are cheap Zara dress. Yeah. It wasn't even cheap in Dubai, actually. I think I nearly paid double for it. But anyway, I was there going, what am I going to do with this? It's class. And I and I went to Magella. Um, she is over in, what's the name? I'm here going, Claire Galway. And I was like, I'm going she's to go. She's a milliner. She's a milliner. And yeah. she's an engineer milliner. So she's just amazing at what she does. Design is just to a T. She's fantastic. Mm. So I went over to Magella and I was like, Magella, here's a dress. Can you make me a, a hat out of it? And she made that. But wasn't a class. Yeah. It was actually, it was somewhere really good um, not so long ago. She was like, Fiona, that hat is after being, is after getting great coverage, basically. So yeah, Magella made it for me and. I give it back to her because there's going to be people that will want to wear it and stuff, which is great. It must be difficult wearing that for the day. It's actually not. It depends, you see, what... Honest to God, most of them now, Alan, are made like with a hairband. So they just sit into your head nice and comfortably. Oh, right. So that's... They're trying to make them more comfortable for your head. Now, oh, there's going to be... I'd hate that. Yeah, well, look... I hate having some... Of course they're going to hate I it. hate having keys in my pocket. Never mind having a hat like a satellite well, dish on my head. you know what for me is... What? I'm literally walking to the toilet going dushed. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing I'm that. You're doing that without the, the head. Actual top of <laughs> every single door. Like my poor neck is nearly taken out of it every time. I'm like seriously, Fiona. Like I'm six foot. Then I wear heels. I'm like six foot two. And then I have a hat on. I'm like tower. <laughs> like it's just so funny. But yeah, I know the hat though is like honest to God. Now this is a little tip for people going to the races. You think the outfit is going to win it? The hat wins it. The headpiece is the, the cream, ha- uh, like it is. It's the topping. Is the, the hat machine. draws them in. Of course, it does. It's the headpiece mixed with, you know, the plain. I find if you wear like a plain dress, gorgeous. But make sure the hat is wow, and I just think fabulous, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to actually going. I'm judging actually on the Monday in Galway in, in, at the Connacht. Yeah. Oh wow! Tell us about that. So the Monday is in aid of Rosabelle Rooms, which is a fabulous cause. Um. And honest to God, this year is going to be going to be so good. We've they've done it for the last couple of years, but I've judged for the last couple of years. But this year, there's just more seemingly happening. You know, even the bust of the races and stuff. So literally, you come on the day, um, you buy your ticket. I think the tickets are eighty five euros. Which you come on the day, you have the prosecco, apérol spritz outside. You've got music. You've got a meal. You've got your ticket to the races and you've got a bus to the races as well. It's fabulous. My sisters are coming, a few of my friends. It's going to be an amazing day. So on the day then there's prizes in excess of €6,000 um, to be won, which I just think is fab. One of them actually is a voucher. Imagine a travel voucher for €1,500 alone. Do you want to hear an interesting story? Yeah. I have never had a day at the races. Like a day where you've went in and had drinks and put on bets uh, Alan. and uh, Alan, where are you living? I worked at the races one year with Galway Bay FM and then last year I arrived at the races around half four and we were gone again at five o'clock. And I've never had a day out at the races with a few drinks, a few bets. Are you going to do to that eat. this year? And this year 
Go on. I'm working at them for the seven days. Oh my God. Well, From listen, Monday to Sunday. the drink, enjoy the races. You're going to have a ball there. Yeah. Oh, Talk about going from, from absolutely nothing, nothing to, to full throttle. every day. Oh my God. Lucky you though. You'll enjoy that. It'll just be absolutely brilliant. Like imagine all the people you're going to meet and everything. It'll be great. Oh, I'm nervous about it, but I'll, I'll get over it. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. I know. It's you such an iconic thing. Stuff, you know, you? it's the biggest. It's the, it, it has it to be is. the most loved festival of the summer. It is absolute. Galway races is just, it's it's where everybody wants to go, isn't it? Yeah. Even um, David's cousin is even coming over from the UK to go to the races this year. Yeah. We, we said that a few of us would definitely head up one of the days and we can't wait for it now. Like, you know what I mean? Just to go up and chill out and enjoy it. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on the Wednesday. The plate? Is that the day? Yeah. I've never been on the Wednesday. So that's going to be my chill out day. The Monday is going to be more work. You know what I mean? Now, now I when know. I say work, it's I know not work. But I know it is. You it know, is, you yeah, still yeah, have yeah. to get up on the stage and chat and pick your best dress and do all of that. But I love it. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. So anyway, I think there might be a few tickets left over. So grab them. The they thing might I, be sold out. Yeah, well, grab them when they're hot. The thing yeah. I'm dreading the most is having to get seven different suits. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, my God. I'll, I'll recycle two now, anyway I hope that you're being sponsored a few suits now for the race. I haven't tried. I haven't looked. I, I have no idea at the moment. I'm sure anybody. Look at Galway. You've got Hanley's. I need to You've get got all of those places I said. I'd be happy to give you a suit. I need to get my finger out. Do get it quick. Ha- hashtag free suit. Hashtag gifted. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag on the way. So hashtag what, in the box. What other events are you looking forward to then this year? Even personal events. What have you planned? Are you dropping any new products? Are you, what's the plan for Christmas? Right. So at the moment, I have a few things that are in production. Ooh. So the candles sold out. And I didn't realize that they would sell out as fast at the time, which thank you. But um, now I have to obviously make all the new ones. So the new ones will be coming. I would say the end of July, I will have the candles. Um, please God. And then I have new stuff coming then maybe in September. So new stuff for Christmas. Not going to tell you now what they are, Alan. But it's, it's pretty much in line with what I'm already doing. Put it that way. It's girly stuff. Girly stuff. Yeah. Girly, girly stuff. Girly stuff, yeah. Nice. So it's nice and... Look at, like I told you, it's like my drive. I think about what will I bring out now for next year and all the rest. Now, listen, there was a thing where people were like, I think you should bring out this and this and this. But guys, you have to think about it. You're 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 flying solo like, you know, bar yeah. David who has to listen to me complaining about stuff <laughs> and obviously helps me with a lot of things. But you're on your own, aren't you? Like when you're doing all of these things. and But that's the best way to be, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, well, look, at we've learned the hard way. Yeah. But, you know, yourself, I just find just do it do as much as you can yourself and it'll be done right exactly yeah exactly <laughs> are you know? enjoying it love it i actually buzz from it because i just think that i get such a response from my followers mm-hmm. like but you, w- one thing i really like about you as well you're a bit like me is you don't cut corners no you know you could have had a cheaper candle no way with less scent i can't but you went it's for the me. for the lovely glass the triple scented the frosted glass you know, the wooden lid. Yeah. You went all out. I do. I just, it has to be right. Like I will never rush anything or, and that's a touch wood that I didn't bring out anything that just flapped on me or that, that people said was rubbish. And honestly, I'd be very honest. I share everybody's, um, you know, the, the reviews, you, the, is the it reviews. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I share loads of people's reviews and in fairness, they've all been fantastic. So I'm loving that. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what just gives me, Look at it's nice to focus on something that's not anyway related to you know an illness or whatever else. It keeps me going, Alan. Like and that's it. And and I enjoy these events. And 
don't get me wrong I enjoy our family time as well like you know what I mean um so like that it's kind of like a work-life balance it's mm. all good thank god yeah. you know I wouldn't change anything at the moment so and far you, so good and I know it's an awful thing to say in one way but you wouldn't have had these opportunities if you didn't get ill I would never be where I am now if I didn't get sick like let's be realistic I wouldn't have any of these ambitions or like I live now Alan for daily so let's just say like even you were saying the future like to me that is like so far away I'm here today do what I can today I make a list of certain things that need to be done but I really do kind of live in the moment and what we can do for today I try and not worry the time when you start worrying about what could be or what that's just taking all of that lovely energy from your body today does that make sense yeah you know you kind of have to just focus on today and what you can put into that day and then you know what I mean that's just the way it's been working for me and like it's been working well you know that kind of way like with Instagram I suppose I have to be I suppose selfish with my time as well like the boys are at an age now where they're even though they're a bit older they're more demanding of your time Mam, I need to practice football outside. Will you come out with me? Of course I'm going to go out with him. I'd never say no to my child over a phone or a story. Do you know what I mean? Or things like that. But they're lucky though, Alan. I just think kids nowadays, oh my God, should they have everything? With sports, facilities, everything. It's just, it's fantastic. I'll encourage them as much as I can. Just I always say that to David. If anything happens to me, won't you promise me you just keep them in sport like... And try and get them to go to college as well. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. My, the teacher's report there told me I had two little engineers. So I'm, I'm sticking to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, it's gas on a report from an eight-year-old and a, a six-year-old. Two little engineers. <laughs> I was like, this is mighty stuff. And are the two boys into the machinery and the quarry and the... Oh, well, um, Callum, 100% yes. Loves it. Yeah. Pierce, no. Allergic. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, that it is nice that there's that. Yeah. yeah. So... There, and Pierce has literally no interest. Callum, so what's Pierce probably, into? Callum probably, if you told me you needed a shed, but he'd probably be able to do it. <laughs> if, he, if you needed a shed, block bit. that out, block that out. Really? Oh, Callum just naturally, naturally has it from his dad. Do you know what I mean? And oh, stop it. He and he watches loads of YouTube videos, and he's building on like. There's so much even now with, you know, the, the, the PlayStation's like, you know, you have to get farming Farm simulator and all, and all that, yeah. obsessed. And what's Pierce into then if he's not Pierce into Pierce is not game, gaming on a, like Minecraft stuff, Lego. He's a bit younger as well, but all the sporty stuff, like they're mad. I don't know, but soccer, like soccer is so huge now with children. Like well, it's Ca- Callum is more hands on. He doesn't mind getting the hands dirty. Oh no, definitely doesn't. But Pierce, good luck. No, if, <laughs> if David says now I'm heading off there, Callum will go with his dad. Pierce is like, no, no, see you later. But then when Callum is gone, Pierce is like, what time will they be home? <laughs> so I'm just like, leave, leave Callum at home, please. Don't take him anywhere, just because of Pierce. And do they get on? They get on, brilliant. Actually, a friend of ours was over the other day, and she was just—you could see her. She was just looking at the two of them playing. But she looked at me. She said, Fiona, isn't that amazing? Like they just have been playing with each other since we came in here. Like. But they are, they're very close in age, I suppose. There's like 20 it, months between them. It's so nice that they're so close. They're so close and, and it's nice. And they're in the same class room in school as well. Although this year now, Callum is going to third class and Pierce is going to be left in second class and he's going into a different room. So this will be interesting now because Pierce will just have to, you well, know, get nice. used to... Give them a bit of independence. 
that's exactly it. But Piercer loves Callum's friends. When it came to Piercer's birthday the other day, he was naming out all of Callum's friends. Callum's like, no, nah, you can't ask him. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with your, there's only four boys in Piercer's class, including himself. Okay. And the rest are girls. And in Callum's class, there's 10 boys and eight. And they're all in the same room. So here was Piercer going around picking all the older lads. Really? Very funny though. But no, we're lucky. The, the school in Shrule is fantastic. Their teacher's amazing. Like, seriously, like Alan, they're, they, they, they have chicks. Chicks in the classroom now. They brought in the eggs and the incubator, and they have they saw chicks hatching. What? I swear I've never seen a chick hatch. Have you? No, no. The, the kids in like um, first class and second class saw the kids saw the chicks hatching. But anyway, do you, do you remember last week when all the tundra came? Yeah. It literally the house was out of power for like nearly well I say nearly two days but it went into the second day you know mm. it was from six o'clock one evening till about half four the kids were here in an awful state they thought that the incubator so was off and the, the, the eggs <laughs> were all dead and that's all I had and I was here getting ready to go down to an event on in Cork and I was just still driving down going I hope those eggs are okay <laughs> Next minute, the teacher sent uh, an email to us, like, you know, the school email. And she's like, there's a pip in one of the eggs. And I went, thank God there's something. Jesus, they're alive. So obviously, she either took them home, the incubator or something happened anywhere. Just obviously came back to the school, just whatever. Anyway, the chicks hatched. They're delighted with life. But I just said, isn't it amazing what they're doing now with children? Like, yeah. Jesus, like. It sounds like you're really lucky to have that school. So lucky. It's a small school. It's a small school. They're all getting loads of attention. Loads of attention. And they all get on great. Like even in Callum's class alone, there's 10 boys and the 10 of them are all playing football. Like I can't wait to watch this team. I think it's going to be amazing. Do you know, in a few years time when you see them getting older and they're all so close as well, like it's great. Mm. I know they, in fairness, where we are right now is perfect. I love this house. Um, There was a time when I thought that maybe we'd move, but not. Not now. No. No, this is home. And it's lovely. My neighbours are fantastic. We had a communion here. Um, I'll take you out now to show you my lovely back now in a few minutes. Your back, commun- your back garden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not your actual back. Jesus Christ, Alan. Uh, David come in and beat seven types of <laughs> shite out of me. your back. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big man. Jesus Christ. Anyway. His um, hands like shovels. I shook hands with him there. I think he dislocated three <laughs> fingers. Letting you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's what that was about. He just came in to piss on his territory and, oh le- and leave God. again. <laughs> like every man. Jesus Christ. What are they like? I'm oh going over God. to see this little bollocks now from Castle oh Bar and see. God. Tell him who's boss. Oh, geez. Now I forget what I was going to say. It was something You're going to bring me out. Show me your back garden. Yeah, but there was something about it, the communion or something, was there? Oh, yeah. But I was just saying when it came to the communion. My neighbours came in here and they were, oh my God, they're absolutely amazing. Like, you know, um, and my sisters were like, oh my God, Fiona, those caterers were fantastic. And I'm like, they're not caterers. They're my actual neighbours. <laughs> like, they're my neighbours. They were like, oh my God, to have neighbours like them. But no, this place is gorgeous. We love it here. It's just off the main road. You know, it's so handy as well. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's lovely the way you said there, this is home. And that's one thing that I'm missing in my life at the minute is I don't have a home. And I'd love, like, I will, you know, I you know will, I will. I, you I, will, I'll get and that. when you have it, you'll be so happy, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's And you lo- have to make it a home, you know what I mean? Lovely thing to be able to say. Oh, Jesus, it is. Like, now, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that are struggling with the home and tell you, Jesus, don't be in a panic to have a noose around your neck with a mortgage, you know. And yeah. That, that's the other side of it, too. It is, but, but you definitely lovely, need a base. There's lovely... You need something comforting, like... That's the, there's lovely comfort in having a base. Stress. 
Yeah. Absolutely. No, we love it here. That's why we, ju- we did up the back and we just, ha- I suppose, had to decide what, you know what I mean, what we're going to do. And I'm just very happy here at the moment. And as I say, I don't even know what's going to happen, you know, in the future or whatever. But here, happy. It's you know? always really refreshing to talk to you. Ah, oh, thanks, Alan. You're always, you know, you're always a mighty bit of stuff. And I haven't seen you since we, we went out in Mount Falcon one night. You oh, know? that was the best night ever. It was genuinely we actually one have to go back there. of the best nights of oh, my thanks. life. Oh, it was so good, wasn't it? It was great old crack. You know what? Mount Falcon is just, people have to go there. Mm. There isn't there such beauty when you go in there. I think you feel like, you kind of feel like you're away, don't you? You really do. But sure, look at the place. It's you're, amazing. You're in the middle of a forest, but you, you feel like you're away. Absolutely, but it's the outdoor part, that big, massive... The bamboo tent. The tent. Yeah. And the no. guy that was singing while we were eating. Buck Taylor, yeah. And the cocktails. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, and I... And this is like... They don't even know we're even talking about no, them. Right? No, so no, This is not an advertisement, Neither, neither do the, the Galway races, by the way. Yeah, it, it just nobody went, knows. This it is went just that a conversation. Way. Yeah. But like, they have up at the moment, is it 50 euro per person to go and have the three-course meal... Down in Mount Falcon, and I think everybody needs to go there. It's absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to go back there, Alan. And, I, and I, do you know what? We're definitely going to do a night before the summer ends. We'll have How to about that? Yes, because I just yes. think it was so fabulous. Did the night go so fast? It was gone. So it was fast. <laughs> bang! I met you first. Yeah, and then it was like good night at about five o'clock in the morning, yeah. or maybe four, and we actually felt like we weren't even tired. There's a video doing the rounds of me doing cartwheels with uh, Evelyn's daughter over in the corner <laughs> and uh, I was down a few weeks ago talking to her and she said oh I'm looking for this video and I said leave it wherever it is oh my god I, I don't want to see it me teaching two kids how to do cartwheels seriously brilliant <laughs> but even the following morning I had to get up because I was actually going to watch the guy the lads play a match and I got up we'll say and Alan the husband the owner yeah. was like come down have breakfast and brought me into this room and they were sitting down watching a rugby match I remember that, that was on. Yeah. it was fabulous no honestly yeah you know when you just feel this place is so beautiful and it really is and I don't say that about a lot a lot of places but when I get that feeling I like to share it you know no, that kind and, of way and just back to my original point you know every yeah. time I do meet you and every time I talk to you I just get a lot of energy from you oh thanks and you, you give me a lift you know, and you've done more for me today in this podcast than than I've done for you anyway. That's for oh, sure. Oh, would you stop it? Yeah, stop no, honestly. Me. Honestly, you know, because at the end of the day, I have no troubles. I have no worries. I have no mortgage. I have no kids. I have no illness. Yeah. You know, but uh, y- there are so many things that get you down. Absolutely, yes. And you, you, you think you're in a very dark place and you think, You'll oh, Jesus, how am I going to come out of this? But then, then I speak to somebody like you who has been through the mail in your private life, your health, your business. And you're just sitting here like a ray of sunshine. Thanks. Yeah. But you know what? That's just, you know, I don't even know how to describe it because, you know, life just can hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you as well. Like, and then I, I suppose, Alan, if you, before you go to bed every night, you'll think about not how bad your day is, about the positives in that day and how grateful you are for different things. And like, even for you, like in business, like you are going to rock it. You know, you just have the personality to do it. Like I told you, there's so many people. No, honestly, though, there are so many people that think that you're an absolute legend. And for the ones that don't, good luck. You know, goodbye. Close the door (laughs) and just move on and just be yourself. And that is it. And I honestly think even today, just having the chat, like I suppose 
I've I've probably said a few things that I never really spoke about either. You know what I mean? Things behind the scenes that nobody knows that you're going through or mm. you don't share for, you know, personal stuff. You know what I mean? That, you, you know, that you, you'd never want to get out there. But just for people to know that in those difficult times, when you come out of it, that's the main thing. And I suppose, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. You know, that sort of way. And mm-hmm. I always think that you need to get toxic, bad stuff away from you because you're never going to flourish with it around you. And and that is it for anybody. Just get rid of all of the stuff that's bringing you down and flourish, blossom and grow and give yourself all the goodness that you need and all the good thoughts and all the good things that you need to put into your body and you'll be fine, all right? That's great advice. Do you ever see yourself come back to the day job? Honestly. Um, well, the thing about my job is, is that I'm never going to be Fiona that's running after criminals. <laughs> and I mean running. Um, the lads at work used to call me the Greyhound. Cause oh. like, <laughs> 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 because oh. the thing about it is, is that um, I used to like, I did a lot of long distance running. Do you know what I mean? So like, even though I, my legs are too long to be a sprinter, <laughs> I was always like, um, Fiona were short somebody for the 400 meters or for the 200 meters I used to run them you know but long distance would have been my thing but like that even would say up until I met David like I was running half marathons like every single weekend so like it wasn't just like I'd say oh I'm running a half marathon this week I was always going around so I was going to carry in all these different places like you know running um, but like that you mean if somebody ran away from you? So no baddies in Limerick could get away from you. If if somebody ran from you, right? This is what <laughs> the lads used to do. I'll never forget, actually. One of the lads, Pat, turned around to me one day, right? He literally just went, run! Like, literally screamed <laughs> that into my face. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, I think he frightened me more than anything else. <laughs> Out of the car, and I ran after the guy. I think I jumped through ditches, walls. <laughs> You name it, right? Your man just kept running and running. I thought, you little fecker, if you just stop, I'd probably let you away with it. But now I'm definitely not letting you away with it. You're after making me run way too far. And obviously he ran out of breath. He actually stopped and I was still running, like, you know. But it was gas because then I caught your man. And then, of course, I had to walk the whole way back. <laughs> and your man then, Pat, was there in the patrol car going, don't ever go that far again away from me. I didn't know where you were or what you were doing. I think I'd left my walkie-talkie in the car like because I'd rent like it was really wrong. But you know what? It's a great crack as well to look back at different things even in the job and think all the stuff that you had to do or that you do. And I know the way they say, oh, it's just, you know, there's some people like, oh yeah, in Boyne Supermax, in McDonald's and they have just such a, you know, that thing and I'm yeah. there going, in Supermax to get the prisoners their food by the way <laughs> you know they get well fed but like you know what I mean I'm just there going do you think that that's all we do like sit in supermax and eat burgers all day no yeah. we don't but anyway just getting back to it so many fun times and like I said to you the guards I don't think about all the bad things either that happen in the guards I think about a lot of the good things you know what I mean and the crack that we had even when the president came to Ireland and all of the getting on a bus in Galway and all of the guards going up together on the buses and going and doing your job but then having those nights out afterwards and just everybody just getting on you know what I mean and yeah you know as much as it it's it's a very tough job it really really is like and I don't think there's enough even was say therapy for people that are gone through all of that either like I mean it's not nice I've seen a lot of nasty things as well you know what I mean but uh, that's the aspect of, of of the job that no one thinks about they only see you given a parking ticket or given a ticket and then they're recording you a red light so annoying. and then they're recording you yeah but you're bringing home some horrific stuff oh my god in your head 
Look at like on a weekly basis. I'm based in Shannon. Like I mean, most of any most of the bodies that come off the cliffs, some of them come into Shannon, and you're going out and you're IDing these bodies. Like and the thing about the cliffs of Moher is people think that when they're ending their life that they're going to hit water. They're not. They're going to hit rock. And I've ID'd bodies that have come off the rocks. Like you know, Jesus, Fiona. Oh, awful! Like, and you're looking then, and you're given a passport of these bodies, and you have to you're Jeez. IDing the bodies, and then you have to tell the family, or the families are coming to you, and that's why even like even things that happen now, I I think sometimes I I don't watch the news a lot, Alan. I'm not going to lie, I actually don't. I nearly get triggered by a couple of th- things that happen. You know what I mean? Like there was an awful accident in Headford there a few weeks ago. I honestly cried. Like th- that brought back a lot for me in the job. Do you know what I mean? Thinking about the parents that are left behind and the families and, and, and they don't think about you having to knock on a door oh my how, god how many times you've had to do that no but you're always going to get the kick for oh she did me for not having tax or whatever and that's look at lads that's just like is and that was my first time to drive without having tax and we're just like okay like car hasn't li- been taxed in four years there you go yeah. like literally you're they were all singing from the same hymn sheet like you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. and, and that is the reality of it like you know and i'm just like yeah. i swear to god but like the thing it is look at it is what it is will i go back you asked me the question i would i i would if what it's not if i am going back but it'll be like light duties do you know what i mean i'll never be able to do what I did do. So it changes a lot for me as well. Mm. But at the same time, once I have my friends, my workmates, my work friends yeah. around me, I will be 100% like. Do you think, t- talking about all that we've spoken about there in the last minute or two, do you think there's enough support in the job for well, guards? Well, that's what I was going Mental to say. Mental support. Okay. I honestly think this. I think the supports are there. But I think there's such a stigma related to going to these things i mean if your sergeant comes to you now and says listen um you know that was probably tough maybe you should go and talk to this person you'd be like ah sure's grand i'll be sound the irish are great i'll be, I'll sound. be, sound. be grand ah, don't be worried about it. it's fine but in america we'd in go america, you'd be there morning noon and night and you'd be telling people oh, on your lunch i'm break. just going to my therapist that's it that's, i'll be, I'll be that's, back in an hour that is the thing and the thing about it is, is that you know these people are there to help you you know, uh, but should should the guards be doing more to take away the stigma then in the job? Maybe they should like, but I just think it's a whole. It's 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 not just the guards; it's everywhere. Like. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not just the guards; it's everywhere. No, the guards but the are reason a lot of the yeah, they're seeing the a guards. lot of things. But, but yeah, like I'm sure. Even think about this now, Alan. I sort of been off of work since 2019. Like we're now in 2023. I'm sure that a lot of things have even changed in that space yeah. of time. Do you know what she means? But so more often than not, the guard sees it before the paramedic, before the fireman, before the coroner. You, the, you, you see it you see it of course. first. I'll You're give an example. First on the scene. I went to a scene, I was driving. Jesus, don't go too heavy on me now. Because no, there was a girl with me. I won't be able to take it. Um, a young lad was walking on the road and he walked out in front of a Berlingo van. So he obviously stumbled out in front of the van or whatever and we got the call. And like that, you're going to be there before anybody else is there. And I'll never forget the female that was with me. She's like, Fiona, I can't get out. She's like, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't see the blood. And I was just like, okay, don't worry about it. Like, you know, I, and I suppose having the anatomy background, dissecting human bodies, like cadavers and going into the <sighs> laboratory on your own to study this now, Alan, like anatomy is not an easy subject. You need to know every single part of that body to pass to get your honours degree like there's 20 right, people okay. in the class all, right, but cal- all I'm saying cal- is calm down <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is you do right yeah so 
I suppose I had that sort of experience as well. Like, I don't like seeing people get hurt. It's not my thing. No. But I, I suppose I had that. But you have to deal me. with the situation that's I in front of you. But thankfully, when I went to that body as well, a paramedic was actually passing, coming from work and pulled in. And he kind of took over then, like, you know what I mean? So mm. part of me was going, you don't like blood. And you're in the guards. Now, don't take, don't even take this the wrong way. I know, yeah. What I'm trying to say is that you literally have to be built like I don't know what to for the job because you are going to meet every single possible problem, the most grossest things. Like, you know, you have to be prepared for it. And sometimes I don't think you can ever be prepared for it. But I honestly do think that, you know, that flight or fight fright, or flight. like fight that's going to set into your body a lot when you're in the guards because... You just don't know what's ahead of you. You really don't like even getting calls to domestics that go horribly wrong. Like, and do they not kind of uh, tell you that in Templemore? Do they not like allude to that? No. no, they just teach you the basics and say, right, good luck. Templemore is actually fantastic. I have to say, now at the time, Alan, we were getting two years training. They're not getting that now. They're in and out. Well, but yeah. Oh, yeah. in and out, maybe in a good way because now they're getting all the experience by going straight to Fingless. Exactly. No disrespect. No, but that's the thing. Like, but um, like when you come from shrewd to fringless, it's you're dealing you're dealing with a serious amount of problems up there. This is it. So, so like that. I mean, of course, you're never going to see anything like that. Mm. You're not going to see that until you go out and do your guard of training. Where were you sent first? Limerick. Ha! My Ross down to Marestone. You've never left Limerick. No, I'm in Shannon. Oh, right. Sorry. So you left Templemore, went to Limerick. Went, went to Limerick and then I got stationed full-time in Shannon. How did you get so close? You knew someone. Oh, that's what they all say. See you now. Look at you, you little begrudger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at I'm you all not, coming out now, Alan. No, no, no. Come on, keep going. I'm not begrudging. I, it's just a I'm joking. It's a like, fact, oh, you definitely need it's somebody. It's a fact of Angarda Shikona. Would you stop it? <laughs> I honestly wanted to go back into Limerick. And imagine that, like. Yeah. Imagine wanting <laughs> to be stationed in Limerick. I was so like, I'm going to go out and catch all these criminals with the lads. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I really loved it. You know what I mean? Because when you're doing the training in Limerick, you're seeing all the bad stuff. You're seeing the guns. You're seeing the drugs. You're seeing it all. And then there was loads of like gangland crime at the time. Think about it. 16 years ago um, when everything was happening. Yeah. So it was just, it brought so much a good adrenaline to my body that I just loved it. And then I was like, I want to go to Limerick. And I got Shannon and literally Shannon is like a retirement home <laughs> compared to Limerick. So <laughs> anyway. signing forms. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Stop that sign, now. When you sign my driving Behave. license form for me. <laughs> is that even Behave. still a thing? Sorry, go on, go on. But anyway, look at Shannon is just amazing. And I love it because you have the airport. So you have all the American airlines coming in and you've got the presidents coming. You've got every vice president. You've got everything. So it's fabulous from that point of view. Like met Bill Clinton, had a coffee with him. Lovely. Oh, so you're on duty for all that stuff. Yeah, because Shannon... You're not in the airport itself. No, Shannon... The the airport have their airport police. Yeah. That's separate. But the guards in Shannon cover the airport. So did you have to work in the airport? Of course. Loads. Oh, right. So So we... But you work at the desk there, the immigration. No, No, they're they're different guards. We're there. We have special rooms. Oh, excuse me. Special rooms. Yeah. But we have to stand out. So you stand out while a plane comes in from America with carrying troops. You stand out and you you what you mind that plane. That plane is your responsibility. If anything happens to it while you're there, you're fired. (laughs) So there's a plane here from America. Yeah. Full of troops. Yeah. And little old, well, not little, six foot uh, Fiona Morgan is standing in front of it, minding it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Come on now. You're guarding the plane. That's it. I swear to God. It's kind of nonsense though too at the same time, isn't well, it? But you have to do it. I know. Like, I know. You have to do it, Al. I know. That's your job. Yeah. But that's the thing, like that is it. You have to mind these planes and that you mind them with your life. Right. And anything that happens. So you have to stand there until it takes off again. Yeah. Wow. Because there's a lot of trouble as well with protesters and stuff like that with yeah. the planes coming in from America and so I suppose the 200 too. soldiers that are on it can't do anything in this country they have to just they have to go in and get their bit of grub and go, go like, in they can't the mind grub. it they know it at all no yeah but it, you, you have to mind it but look at like I said <laughs> you, a lot of good things just, came out of that as well but wait, just like your you. expression though minding minding war planes in Shannon wait like, like tell you I have so, to mind it a few years ago um, what's his name a guy came over anyway. I won't probably mention names. because Come on. A lot. Give us names. He was the general. Of the American army. Yes. Top dog. Top dog. The top bollocks. Fiona, the general, wants somebody to go for a run with him at 2 a.m. What? I'll do it. Oh, you have to mind him. Run. Like prote- yes, you like to protect and, him. And protection. But he wanted to go for a run. The general of the American army needs protection yeah, from a guard. From Fiona. From, <laughs> a, guard, a guard from Shannon. No better woman. <laughs> To get the greyhound. <laughs> Is the greyhound working tomorrow? Oh my the, God. The general wants a running buddy. Yeah. So anyway, off <laughs> I go and I'm here running around with the general with about a fleet of black cars around behind me, all of his protectors. And were you in your uniform? No. Oh, I weren't. Sorry, should I don't sorry. know? No. You're in I your would have ru- been in a, your running gear. Yeah, a, yeah, I was in my running gear. A singlet. Yes. And <laughs> off I went and ran with them. I tell you this much, he was bloody fit. And I think at the time he was 55 and I was a bit younger. Fish ran with him. But afterwards Please. then he gave me the most fabulous gold medal, like, you know, gold medal from the general. Um, and he was just delighted. He brought me on the plane, then met the troops or whatever when they were all heading off home. Like, um, But yeah, so things like that that were kind of cool that happened. But anyway, it gets better. I'm on the career break. I'm in Australia. And the general, um, seemingly, there's a big controversy over him having an affair with the person that's right, writing his book. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Fiona, the white in Washington. <laughs> joke, joke. The poor devil. Whatever he got up to anyway, got caught. And uh, no way. He got, he was sacked from the job. And there's a new one now. Really? Yeah. And but the lads were messing with me going, you, you're wanted in Washington for questioning and uh, all of this joking. Like, and did, so you get, funny. did you get that vibe from him? Not at all. Sure. Look, at he's so many people <laughs> are bodyguards around him anyway. Like, no. You know, not at all. Ah, he was <laughs> nice. Alan, seriously, do you, do you ever know? <laughs> no, do you ever no, know? no, never, never. But anyway, um, look, so that's what I mean. Like the job, I just, I just had a good time with it. And, and that's what you do, isn't it? Like you just... Mm. You do whatever you can do. And I suppose for me, I tried not to complain and just get on with stuff. And and I think that came back to me as well. That when I did get sick, like they were so good to me in a way. They were like, would you stop? Get get better. Get well, you know. Yeah, you're Before you come back that. and do anything. I was, I was very lucky. Yeah. And I think that it's like in any job. If you're in a, a nice environment, it's going to work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, listen, I'm going to let you go. You're bringing me for a tour of the quarry. I will. Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. We'll go and have a look. What are we going to do now? Just go and look at a load of stone? Absolutely. Why and, not? And I'll pretend to be impressed by it. And, yeah. And oh, wow. That's lovely chips. Oh, that's a... Oh, I love that decorative chip in my new house, Fiona, that I'm going building. Oh, is that what I'm doing now? <laughs> I'm going advertising stone chips. You don't have to do a thing with your way. <laughs> we'll do our own. <laughs> I'll be like, whoa. Hey, Alan, we've come this far now. Trust me. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. 
Uh, tell but me, did David Cody's going to be asking me the weights of the machines now? Are you going to know if I ask you what weight is that machine? Will oh, jeez, I might know, but look at David. Well, we'll find out. My David will know. Yeah, come on, Fiona. If people want to follow you, how can they do it? Just go on to my Instagram, Fiona Morgan Coleman. Look at that for an exciting name. Um, yeah, guys, Fiona Morgan Coleman. Give me a follow if you want to follow me. And is it? It's mainly Instagram. No pressure. It's all Instagram. All I don't Instagram. really do TikTok. I'm sorry. I'm just an oldie for that. But no, you're maybe well in off. time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's you know the way you have certain things that are for you. Yeah. I just think I'm maybe. I'm, I, just, I'm not tech technically able for it at the moment. But no, that that's way. fine. I'm just on your page here now. You have forty three point two thousand followers. Ah. Uh, your first photo there. You have. You're like a cross between the Eiffel Tower and a peacock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks. That's what I Lovely. would say there. Great. Yeah. Who? Who? What headpiece is that? Let me see. Most of the headpieces Creve- will be from Crevation. Crevation Jella, design. Yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous, isn't well, it? You she made like, that for me. You look like a million, a million dollars now. In fairness. Oh, thanks. And are they fresh flowers? No, they're um oh, fake they're not, flowers. They're fake. Faux. Faux. Is that what they call them? Faux flowers. Yeah. Right. I just find the whole head thing fascinating. Honestly, look at the headpiece now. Just so look at it. So see under those flowers. Yeah. Those flowers are actually on a headband. Yeah, I a see the headband. A very comfortable one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So do I look like I'm in pain? No. Mm, no, I guess not. It looks like there's I a bit of I won't wear anything now. that is too, like if it's painful, I'm like, get, get it off. Get it off. Do you love pink? Oh, do you know what? I, I have to say, I, I, look, I like pink a lot. Well, I, I, I wasn't sure what house it was and I was driving up the road and then I saw a pink door and I said, this is definitely Fiona's house. <laughs> and I the doubt, pink wheelbarrow outside. And the pink wheelbarrow. I'd say I it's know. the only pink door in the, in the village. Oh, oh sure. Look, when I, showed, when I said to my husband, I'm painting the door pink, he was like, no, you're not. Like that was literally, no, you're not. <laughs> the and then I was like, talking. hold on a second. Yes, I am, David. I swear to God, it's going to be lovely. And then when it was done, he was actually like, actually, it is quite nice. Well done, Fiona, because he said I never would have went for that. Yeah, well, a real man has a pink door. Yeah, That's what it I'd was say blue before that. I'm bringing the pink into the house. Sure, I'm surrounded by men like. Yeah, and your website is fionamorgancoleman.com. Yeah. Yes. The new stock coming soon. Fiona, thanks a million. Alan, thanks for having me. You're so nice. Not at thanks all. Thanks a million and best of luck with everything, all right? And best of luck yourself. Thanks a million. I'm looking forward to getting into this Land Cruiser now. It's a fine, Yeah, let's it's, go. It's a fine wagon. That's grand. It's huge. Do you think? Yeah, a big, massive Land Cruiser. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever drive a car again. No, I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't see. Well, you. honestly, now the Land Cruiser love comes from David. Like he absolutely loves them because, like that, um, the hitch will carry everything. But guess what? Oh. I didn't put a hitch on mine, so he wouldn't use mine for all the hard <laughs> stuff. So he has his own one that he he has a hitch on. Right. I just wouldn't allow it. I was like, no way. Sure, I'll never see it. Okay, He'll be gone the whole time. But um, yeah, look, at it's great for even going away with the kids and stuff. There's just plenty of space in it. Fire like, they're stuff fa- yeah, it. they're fabulous. Fiona Morgan Coleman. To the quarry. <laughs> to the quarry we go. Let's go. Thanks for me and Alan. Thank you. See you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie